Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the Santa Cruz Boardwalk discussing the 2019 supernatural horror film, Us. This film was written and directed by Jordan Peele as a follow-up to his acclaimed debut, Get Out. Us blends horror with social commentary in a way that Jordan Peele has proven himself the master of. Using the underutilized mystery of doppelgangers, this film delivers horror and a cynical critique of the United States socioeconomic hierarchy in equal doses. This film was suggested to us by friend of the show, Kirsten Wiley. Thanks, Kirsten. So what did you guys think about us the first time you saw it? The first time I watched it, I think mm-hmm. your sister bought it for us to watch on DVD. Uh-huh. I did like the movie and I do it. I, it's not a bad movie, but it's just not there for me. Really? Yeah. It's like Get Out grew on me. Midsummer grew on me, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't. I don't know what it was. Maybe there's just a lot of holes for me or it's just, but it's all right. It's not a bad, it's not a terrible movie, but it's not one of my favorites. Interesting. <laughs> I I only say that because I remember seeing it in the theater the first time and loving it so much. Mm-hmm. And then I went and saw it again with Nay. Me. <laughs> and I still loved it. And then I watched it again several times, watched it again for this show this time. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like it still. I think that there are some movies that have so many layers that, no pun intended, you have to peel them back. Ah. <laughs> and then you kind of see all the things that the filmmaker was going for. Right. The message is there. I think there are a few surprising, at least to me, and we'll get into them, inconsistencies with the world building, mm-hmm. I guess. But it's not earth shattering for me. Right. I still love this movie a lot. The first time I watched it to today, it's still fantastic. And I can't even imagine being Jordan Peele, writing the success of Get Out and having to make your sophomore film. How much pressure is on you? 100%. And I was thinking about that when I was working on this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would be horrified. Oh, yeah. Like George R.R. R. Martin status. <laughs> I would just put everything on oh, hold. Wait, so you wouldn't do anything? I would never make another movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this movie, too. Uh, Like you said, the first time I saw it was with you. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying when we left the theater that I had my hand over my mouth for the last... Well, there's a point in the movie that I stopped watching the movie and I turned to look at you (laughs) because I had already seen it, but I wanted to see your reaction to that point. And it delivered. Yeah. My mind was literally blown. And I was like, that was better than Get Out. Uh, Fucking 10 out of 10. I was freaking out the first time I saw this. Mm -hmm. And then... The second time I saw it, I watched it with John Paul and he has a tendency to and my dad does the same thing Mm -hmm. when you're watching a movie or a show with him that you're like, you have to see this. Everything that doesn't make sense or everything that he doesn't like, he looks at you like you made this movie. (laughs) And so every time he kind of did that, I'm like, okay, maybe that didn't make complete sense. (laughs) So watching it the second time time kind of brought me back down to earth a little bit and i'm like okay maybe this wasn't better than get out but even having watched it like several times at this point and you're right there are some inconsistencies and there Mm -hmm. are a couple things where if you look too close it's don't look too close (laughs) (laughs) but i still love this movie and i i still feel like it's so unique in the Mm -hmm. way that he told this story and i had really quickly wanted to touch on he had given 
everybody in the cast, I guess, the main cast, a list of films to watch before they started filming to give them all a shared language, Mm -hmm. which I think is really smart and really cool. Yeah. But the films were um, Jaws, Dead Again, The Shining, The Babadook, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, and The Sixth Sense. You know, I can honestly see a bit of all of that in this. So it's like on its own, it's so unique, but you can see where he borrowed all these, like from these really great, like classic. It's just, he's just great. He is. And I think the thing that he is better at than possibly anyone right now is truly utilizing horror as a vehicle for social commentary. 100%. I don't know anybody that does it better than him. What he did with Get Out Mm -hmm. in the discussion of race. Yes. He's doing here with the discussion of inequality and the social divide in classes. Mm -hmm. And he does it in a way that doesn't beat you over the head with it. Yeah, it's not annoying. No. (laughs) It's not like, okay, we get it. Again, if you are preachy, you're going to (laughs) turn off a lot of people. Yeah. It's like we talked about, like if someone comes at you and says that like you're a piece of shit for doing something, you're probably not going to listen to them. No. But if they're subtly nudging and telling you that, hey, you might be a piece of shit. (laughs) You're (laughs) like, oh my God. I might be a piece of shit. (laughs) Now, before we untether this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's climb the stairs. So as the film opens, even over the production company logos, we hear ocean waves, After those, we get text on the screen telling us that there are thousands of miles of tunnels beneath the continental United States. Abandoned subway systems, unused service routes, and mine shafts. Many have no known purpose at all. Everything disappears except that last line. Did you like that as an opener? The first time I saw it, I'm like, ooh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, having seen it, again, several times, kind of wish he wouldn't have done that. Kind of like an uh, an adopt a highway, but adopt a tunnel, right? <laughs> it's exactly to, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please, pennies a day, save these tunnels. This tunnel's yeah. <laughs> paid for by Pod Mortem. <laughs> hey, I. But I think my thing about it was it seemed like something that could have been said later. Yeah, by a character, and then it kind of makes you like, holy shit. But yeah. off the rip, you're like, and honestly, the first time I saw it, I genuinely forgot. I did too about it until later, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, that thing at the, be- you know, yeah. yeah. But if they would have used it as a line instead of a exposition at the top, I think that would have been a little more successful. Well, and you forget about it because it tells you this, and the movie starts, and it has nothing yeah. to do with that. No, you're like, what about the tunnel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about. Okay, that's okay, fine. cool. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> We give way to a TV sitting on an entertainment center. 80s movies like Chud and The Goonies are shelved next to the TV. Right. Did you also see The Man with Two Brains? I did with Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, everything is intentional. It is. And that that's another thing about Jordan Peele is even going back to Get Out. Mm-hmm. Every weird thing that you see or every mundane thing that you see on a second or third or fourth viewing, you're like... <gasps> Yeah. He was telling us this. Yeah. Or yeah. this means that Jordan Peele is very intentional. And I know he's a huge fan of The Shining. Yeah. That's a very Kubrick thing. Definitely. 
Yeah. But after a brief news teaser about an upcoming storm ends, we get a commercial for Hands Across America and we see that it is 1986. The commercial tells us that six million people will tether themselves together to fight hunger in the United States. Tether, huh? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing a little bit of reading about Hands Across America Mm -hmm. and I also watched an interview with Jordan Peele where he was talking about how this film is a lot about duality. Yes. Of these two sides. And he specifically talked about Hands Across America, where he said it's this duality of helping, but it's also this misguided idea that holding hands and donating a little money can end homelessness and poverty. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was him that said it, but I had read something that called Hands Across America the most 80s thing to ever happen in the 80s. <laughs> well, I remember this as a kid. Yeah. Like, but I, I didn't know what the hell it was. Well, you were like yeah. two. Yeah. And we well, can't, no, we can't I, do that shit now. Yeah. No. We can't. <laughs> Masks across America. <Yeah. laughs> but we see the little human-shaped cutouts with their hands joined over a map of the states. And when the TV turns off, we see that a little girl, Adelaide, played by Madison Curry, is the one that was watching the TV. An ad for the Santa Cruz boardwalk comes on, and then abruptly, we're at the Santa Cruz boardwalk. So she's the highly suggestible type. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I am. If I see an ad on TV, I'm like, I want a burger. I want a (laughs) burger. Yeah, it's sad. But a note reads, 1986, Santa Cruz, which like we kind of already inferred, but... yeah. Adelaide is watching her father, Russell, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, try to win her a prize in like one of those carnival game things. Right. All rigged. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That dude's a great actor, though. Mm -hmm. He and he is one of the reasons I'm so excited for the new Candyman. Yes. Because everything I've ever seen him in, I'm like, I want to see more of him Mm -hmm. than what I got. He's There's something so magnetic about him. And in this film, he's barely there. He's barely in it. But like he, I don't know, he's great in the scenes that he is in, like (laughs) two scenes that he is in. I'd rather leave people wanting more than the other. Can we, we we've had had enough. enough. (laughs) (laughs) Had enough of this guy. (laughs) But the guy running the game says that he can take a prize now or keep playing for a better one. We learn that it's Adelaide's birthday and she says that she wants the number 11 prize. The guy pulls it down and gives it to them and Russell squats down and presents it to his daughter and it's a Michael Jackson thriller t-shirt, which I thought was like a hell of a prize for oh, yeah. a little rinky-dink game like this. Especially at that time. Yeah. My only issue is, do they not have a smaller size? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's going to be a dress, yeah. right? It's a thriller dress. You get dress. what you get and you don't throw a fit. It's all right. I love thriller. All right. Great. <laughs> I'll take it in yeah, any size. Yeah. Give you me may- the dress. Yeah. <laughs> But later, as you said, Adelaide is wearing the T-shirt oversized over her clothes that she was already wearing. And as they're walking, Adelaide's mom, Rain, played by Anna Diop, is annoyed, saying that the shirt better not give Adelaide nightmares because watching the music video on TV terrified her. But she expects her to make... There weren't any zombies on the shirt. I don't think it just said thriller. Thriller. Yeah. So she's like, oh, wait, that was the video. But she asked for it. She did ask for it. I feel like this is a symptom of the disease of this marriage that's happening. Where everything is I don't think she's really mad about the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But Adelaide trails behind them unhappily holding a candy apple as her parents start bickering with each other. Because isn't he like, oh, now I'm in trouble for winter. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do anything, right? No. Um, candy apples are dangerous. 
Only if you care about your teeth. Yeah, I, I would never catch myself eating one. Well, she doesn't eat hers either. No. I'm proud of her. You know that thing was like $20. I'd be pissed. Yeah, well, you know, you win oh, some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you better eat that. Knock all those damn teeth out. <laughs> They're baby teeth. You get... <laughs> You'll get new ones. Yeah. But Adelaide watches people as they pass, people by the carousel, people feeding each other by the food court. And her mom mentions that they're filming something over by the carousel. And this is a direct reference to the Lost Boys. Right. Which is just funny. Yep. I thought, I thought was... more was going to happen, but it didn't. They were going to run into Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Great. Yes, I agree. I watched the Lost Boys uh, while I was getting my last tattoo. That's right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I have an association <laughs> with it now. But Russell says he wants a beer and Rain gets mad because he kind of seems like he's already had yeah. a, a little bit. Russell asks Adelaide if she wants to ride a roller coaster and Rain immediately says she's not big enough and she's sure as hell not riding it. So it's like, God. Damn well, it. did she want to? It's her birthday. <laughs> Do you yeah. want to? Yeah. But, you know, I honestly wouldn't recommend riding roller coasters at any kind of carnival. No, it's scary. I mean, I've done it, but like it's an extra added thrill that I could die right now. How safe is it, dude? <laughs> I remember going on the first night and then I was there with a friend of mine. Not suicide night. Exactly. Don't, don't. We got on the ride and she's like, you know what they call the first night, right? I was like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, friend? And she's like, suicide night. I was like, and pray tell why. You stopped the ride. Yeah. And we were already up in the air. And I was like, well, I hope I have my affairs in order. Cause... Well, rest in peace to your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that how the story ends? No. <laughs> holy shit that's dark don't 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 ride rides on suicide night no. but russell spots a whack-a-mole game and goes over like stoked yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> rain asks adelaide to go to the bathroom with her but adelaide says she doesn't have to go rain asks russell to watch his daughter but he's clearly already consumed by this whack-a-mole game rain urges adelaide to stay close to her dad before leaving to the restroom so first off as he was turned around talking to rain he missed a lot of moles he did yeah it didn't even look like he was hitting the right one no he, he's very horrible at this game but i have two things here to say one shouldn't he bring adelaide there closer to him so she can whack the moles because it's her birthday look <laughs> he was having he was very excited about i mean it. he's like you do whatever you want but these moles <laughs> they're getting it. whacked the second thing is moles pop up from underground. Oh, shit. So just that's, something to think about for later. That's not related to anything. What an interesting <laughs> fact about moles. Um, but Adelaide hears thunder and just immediately wanders off. <laughs> like two seconds she later. She waited until her mom yeah. was out of sight and then just Literally. Left. She passes a man holding a sign that reads Jeremiah 1111. And very quickly, of course, I had to look up what that meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah 11, 11 is, therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them, which is pretty savage. It's a little rude. It, <laughs> it's it's a Old lot. Testament. Yeah. <laughs> it's <He's> rough. <laughs> but that's what the sign says. <laughs> this is an unhoused gentleman holding the sign, correct? Yes. Does that change the meaning to you? of the sign as to say maybe he feels faithless and lost and that there's no oh. one out to help him well god literally said in that that he's not yeah. going to help yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> so all he's, he's like, done is held up to what no he's i hear yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> 
But Adelaide passes a couple playing rock, paper, scissors and finds stairs leading down to the beach. And she just goes down those stairs. I would never. As a child? No. No. Yeah, you were told to stay there. Yeah. Don't move. No. Now, he was a little too occupied with those moles. When And I'm sure <laughs> we could already tell that he was drunk or he was buzzed or right. whatever. Yeah. He wasn't paying attention. But stay your ass there, kid. Yes, Don't leave. Stay there. And the beach isn't like not lit up. No. Nothing. Like it's dark down there. There's nothing going on down mm-hmm. there. Why, why are you going down there? And there's no one on the beach. Yeah, no. no That's literally no one. Yeah. But we still hear laughing from the fair. But distantly, the sound of ocean waves is just becoming louder and louder. That's probably Jaws. Dark beach at night. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. That just, good for I was you. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, we hear thunder and Adelaide notices lights on a small building. The lit up sign adorned with the design of a Native American man says vision quest. Find yourself with the lighted arrow pointing to the door. Adelaide stands in front of it, transfixed before dropping her unbitten candy apple into the sand. Smart kid. (laughs) She's like, I'm concerned about my dental. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We get a really great close up shot on the apple as the rain begins to fall and Adelaide out of focus goes into the building. And as soon as she enters, it just starts pouring rain outside. Mm -hmm. Good timing. Yeah. (laughs) Inside the building, Adelaide bravely continues in as a recorded voice is telling a fable. And the recorded voice is is clearly Jordan Peele. (laughs) It is. (laughs) He doesn't even try to hide it. The thing was that got me was that I heard he said, now you must create life of all kinds and set it in motion according to my plans. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to be saying that a lot because I'm <laughs> trying not to spoil things. That has things. nothing to do with anything. No, 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 no. no. Um, well, that's funny because the kids just learned about that in school. Yeah, that fable. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I told her we were watching it. Our daughter, Ari, yeah. I told her, I said, hey, you just learned about that in school. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's a whole story. It was, it was an interesting story, but it was... I was like, I recognize that immediately. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? And you just it's hear fresh. a piece. Yeah. yeah. It's also weird that this movie is filled with coincidences because that's one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Took you a second. <laughs> but after being slightly startled by an electronic owl popping out, the recording stops and all the lights go out. Adelaide begins to panic as we hear her breathing heavily. She spots an exit sign and goes to it, but she's wandered into a hall of mirrors and it's only a reflection. She turns to see exit signs everywhere. Right. It's literally the worst place on Horrifying. earth to mm-hmm. be lost. Yes, in the dark. I do love this has that color palette I love with yeah. those complimentary blues and yellows. Come on. <laughs> she begins to whistle the itsy bitsy spider to herself as she tries to find her way, but stops when someone else starts whistling with her. Not good. No. (laughs) She walks backwards until she almost bumps into her own reflection, but the reflection doesn't move with her. Adelaide turns around to face it, but again, the reflection does not turn. Adelaide's eyes widen with fear. Abruptly, we're gone, and we see a close-up of a face of a rabbit (laughs) as a chorus begins to sing. We pan out to see many caged rabbits, and we get the title card, Us, and the credits. As the camera continues to pan out, we see that the wall of rabbits is in the back of a classroom. So first things first, Michael Abel's with this score again. Fantastic work. Yeah. 
ever since Get Out, I'm intrigued by anything. And I was gonna say this is his does. only second film, and the first one was Get Out. Yeah, like, that's that's insane. Dude's incredible. But mm-hmm. I also want to say the itsy bitsy spider climbed up the water spout again. Very interesting. Interesting. I will say this intro went on for a while. It does. <laughs> the rabbit doesn't look happy. No, no. he's like, get the like, shot. Uh, I think. Can Jordan... you hurry? <laughs> When's the lunch? I got some yeah. lettuce waiting for me in there. <laughs> Jordan Peele said that you can tell by the eyes of a rabbit that if they were humans, they would all be sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. Another thing that he had said on a featurette on the Blu-ray, he sees the rabbit as a symbol for Easter. Right. Rising. Right. Again, interesting. I'm going to get annoying, I think. I'm <laughs> trying you're to... just pointing out random interesting exactly. stuff that has nothing to do with anything. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a note that says present day as we get an aerial view of a car driving down a road surrounded by trees. Does that remind you guys of anything? I believe there's a film called <laughs> The Shining. I don't... <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle Monet's I Like That plays as we see a decal of a family. And the little decals, they all have natural hair, which I, I loved it. Where do you get one of those? Uh, for, well, seriously. The other thing, though, they're linking hands, like Hands Across America. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, dude. <laughs> <laughs> a dozing adult Adelaide, played by Lupita Nyong'o, wakes up as her husband Gabe, played by Winston Duke, pulls up to their summer home. Can we talk about her locks? Yes, we can. How great. No, they're great. I thought that was fantastic. It made me think of how I felt when we saw Rachel True in The Craft. Yes. And I hope that this is someone's that. For sure. Where they see that representation, they're like, that is a natural hairstyle. uh And it's fantastic. No, I love it. Their daughters, Zora and son, Jason, played by Shahadi Wright Joseph and Evan Alex, are woken up by Gabe yelling that they've made it. (laughs) And we can already tell he's that dad. Like, Yes, he has the daddest of dad <laughs> energy. <laughs> and I just love their dynamic as a family. Yeah. They got up too quick. The, what, kids, the kids? Would, kids would have been mad if they were really Oh, asleep. they would have been pissed. Yeah. <laughs> they were just playing a game. Right. <laughs> but they all get out of the car and grab their bags. Zora immediately complains that the Wi-Fi isn't working. And Gabe tells her she doesn't need the internet. She's got the outer net. Pretty good. Which again... <laughs> These such dad a, jokes. It's such a dad thing to say. <laughs> but the next thing we see is the family eating lunch. And everyone is eating what looks to be like fast food fish and chips, except for Adelaide, who is just eating strawberries. It's not labeled as such, but that's Long John Silver's. Like, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> what I said. Clearly, it's even the same color. Yeah, I told her, I said, that looks like Long John Silver's. She was like, I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And it now was I like want Long John Silver's. Copper pot yeah. or something like that. It's like, just get the deal. Yeah, get the, no. Get the revenue. We all know what this is. Yeah. But Adelaide begs Jason to just eat something. And Zora drops the bomb that she wants to quit the track team because she doesn't see the point in it anymore. She's not going to make it to the Olympics. Adelaide tells her she can do anything she sets her mind to. But when she asks if she can drive while they're here, the answer is a resounding no. So not anything? (laughs) Not anything. (laughs) There are limits. As Jason rushes off from the table to go grab something, Gabe advises Zora to run on the sand on the beach. It's harder to run. And when she runs on regular land, she'll be super fast. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I there's gonna be a lot of that because I don't want to spoil things. No, but we gotta we have to get there. Yeah, keep track of all of these. <laughs> all the interesting things. Yes. There are tons. <laughs> Jason comes back to the table and asks, We're going to the beach. 
And Gabe says, yeah, after they get settled. Adelaide immediately looks uncomfortable and is like, what beach? Mm -hmm. Gabe says Santa Cruz. Their friends are meeting them there. Zora rolls her eyes and Adelaide just continues to look uncomfortable. So what's with Jason having this mask at the table? Is this House of a Thousand Corpses? (laughs) (laughs) We can't get the Long John Silver's, um, I mean, Copper Pot dessert (laughs) until (laughs) Until you put your mask on. But Jason starts messing with the toy that he had gotten up to grab. And it's a ring that's supposed to start a fire when you flick it. But he keeps flicking it and nothing happens. Hope he gets his money back. because Yeah. <laughs> he says it's a magic trick that he left behind when they were here last year. And when it continues not to work, Jason says that it's bullshit and is quickly <laughs> scolded by Gabe. Adelaide just continues to eat her strawberry as the voices of her family fade into the background. Strawberry must be really good. (laughs) It's real good. She's like, holy shit, is that organic? (laughs) (laughs) But we get a flashback of young Adelaide lining up toy animals, including a rabbit, I noticed, and Mm -hmm. a sandbox like table thing as her parents talk to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist tells her parents that she thinks Adelaide has post-traumatic stress disorder. And Russell immediately dismisses this. She didn't go to Nam. She was just gone for 15 minutes. Well, for all he knows, she did go to Nam. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't a mole, so she could have been doing anything. So he wasn't looking. Rain says that he doesn't know what happened in that 15 minutes, as you said, and that anything could have happened to her. Russell asks how they can get her to talk, because I guess Adelaide hasn't spoken since this happened. Right. The doctor says that Adelaide should be encouraged to draw, write, or dance, anything to help her tell her story. Rain begins to sob, saying she just wants her little girl back, and Adelaide is watching them. And I I never noticed this. I thought she was looking at them through a crack in the door, but she's looking at their reflection in a mirror. I never noticed that until you just said it. And it's interesting because there's a lot of reflections. Yes, there I mean, is. You already got the Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. But throughout this whole film, that is very prevalent. Yeah. And she was also arranging those toys like Hands Across America. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Russell tries to put a comforting hand on Rain's leg and she scoots away from him. He gets up and says he's leaving for a cigarette, but on his way out, he shares a moment of silence with Adelaide before gently touching her and then leaving. And there's no like concrete reason to believe this, but I kind of feel like he didn't come back. I can't prove that. Yeah. But (laughs) that definitely felt like a goodbye. We never talk about it again, but I feel like that was the end of because like I wasn't watching her. Now she's all fucked up. Uh-huh. I'm never getting well, out from under this. He's like, that's a nice, he's like, it's a cute shirt the way he does it. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, that and, was your really hair, weird. and your hair looks great too. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> it's sad because, I mean, honestly, you know for a fact he's losing every argument from here on out. Oh, for the rest of his life. Yeah. Even if he's right, she's yeah. like, well, remember when you, you were busy with the our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's sad. Never proven, never anything, but I, I see where you're. Yeah. yeah. But back at the beach house, Adelaide reclines on the couch, seemingly lost in this memory. And behind a knickknack of a large spider on the coffee table, a tiny real spider crawls out from behind it. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Gabe comes in and Adelaide begins making excuses as to why they just can't go to the Santa Cruz beach. Gabe says he'll cancel, but then starts laying on the guilt. Jason was really looking forward to this, and it's been hard on them since this is the first summer they've been here since grandma died. 
Just that's like, thick. That's fucked up. So my real question is really they never he never brought up Santa Cruz. He brought it up to Jason, but not I guess Adelaide. Not. <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I don't understand why like how long has it been then since they've been here? They didn't say a time, right? They well, just Jason said, said that he left that trick here last year. Yeah, so that's not that long no, ago. It's no, <laughs> <laughs> I, it was just odd to me that this is the first time she's hearing we're going to go to the beach yeah. at yeah. Santa Cruz, and when this is their beach house, and clearly they've yeah. been here before. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> But Adelaide finally relents, just insisting that they leave the beach before dark. In her room, Zora has her earbuds in and she's texting on her phone. Adelaide walks by and asks where Jason is and Zora doesn't know. Adelaide continues to look for him, going down into the dark laundry room and switching on the light. In the bathroom, as Zora looks at herself in the mirror, Jason, now wearing a wolf mask (laughs) and a Jaws t-shirt, lets himself out of this like little cupboard, Mm -hmm. like Charles Manson style. (laughs) He jumps out and scares Zora, then runs to a closet. He props up a toy ambulance in the door frame before letting the door close on it. In the laundry room, Adelaide has found a memory box and is holding a small stuffed rabbit. Now that's two in a row. Interesting, (laughs) because obviously the toy with the rabbit, but I believe the ambulance had the number 11 written on it. Oh, shit. But she takes out a picture of herself as a child in a ballet class and suddenly sees her childhood self in the room with her practicing ballet. So the house is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Zora walks past the closet that Jason's in and kicks the ambulance out of the way, causing the door to fully close. Just as her child self looks at Adelaide and like looks into her eyes, Mm -hmm. she hears Jason start yelling and banging on the closet door. Adelaide opens the closet door and finds Jason cowering on the floor, still wearing the mask, <laughs> the Wolfman mask. Even Wolfila mask. See, yes, yeah. Wolfila. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, man, Doctor Wolfila is gonna yeah. sue somebody. <laughs> but she tells him that's why he can't play in there, as Zora reminds him that the same thing happened last year. I guess the door yeah. won't open from the inside. But you did it. No, she was mad at him for scaring her. No, but she's saying this same thing happened last year. You kicked the ambulance. Well, mom doesn't need to know that. Oh, you little jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Older sisters, man. I mean. Are awesome. So. (laughs) (laughs) Don't move on yet. (laughs) But they're interrupted by someone repeatedly honking a horn from outside. They come out to find Gabe hooting and yelling and driving a boat in a circle. He is over the moon and describing even the most mundane features. (laughs) He's like, there's cup holders or yeah, something. It's like, that's well, like, he's proud of the boat. He's very happy about the boat. The only one happy. He's the yeah. only one happy about the boat. <laughs> <laughs> but the engine shuts off on him. He says it's okay. The guy taught him how to deal with this, and he keeps hitting the side of the. Is that the engine? Right. Yeah. Keeps... It was the guy that sold him the boat was Henry Winkler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but he keeps hitting the side of the engine, and when he gives up, the boat finally takes off, and it's again another dad moment. Yeah. It's just great. But in the next scene, they're in the car, and everyone is silent except for the sound of Jason repeatedly flicking that toy that he still has on his finger. Zora pipes up and asks if anyone knows that the fluoride in the water is used by the government to control our minds. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I will say there are where 
Get Out was very subtle in a lot of its messaging. There is some heavy handed, heavy handed, yeah, moments. And that to me was one of them. A little bit. Uh, as much as it intrigues me, it's also <laughs> maybe well, not. Because then she goes, because nobody says anything. And she's like, oh, I forgot nobody cares about the end of the world. but annoyed at the sound she tells jason to just tell them what was supposed to happen with the trick to which he replies by telling her to kiss his anus and everyone is shook gabe's even like i would have preferred you said a cuss yeah dude just say ass please it's less offensive (laughs) but adelaide turns on the radio and i got five on it is playing and everyone's jamming out and adelaide turns around to get jason to snap on beat with her Mm. but neither of them are snapping on beat. no if i'm not mistaken she's snapping on the one and three you snap on the two and four (laughs) we all know that we all know that and also i love gabe's line we don't always have to be talking That is a great way to get people to shut up. Oh, no, yeah. It's actually really kind in a way, but also <laughs> passive. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. But everyone's happy until, and there's a little debate about the Zora's like, the song's about drugs, and Gabe's like, no, it's not. But he says it's a dope song. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. My thing, Dad my, joke. my interpretation of it is I got five on it, a dime bag, right? No, yeah, we're going half. Five, yeah. Yeah. So five and five. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> But everyone's happy until Gabe rounds a corner and the Santa Cruz boardwalk is visible. Adelaide closes her eyes and takes a deep breath as Gabe excitedly chants, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. (laughs) Read the card. Yeah. (laughs) He's the only one happy. Yeah. (laughs) We get another flashback to that night and young Adelaide is in the backseat panting and looking like completely shocked as Rain yells at Russell for not being able to watch her for five minutes. And she's right. Mm Mm-hmm. But Adelaide is brought back to present day by the blip of a siren. She tells her kids not to look as they see a man possibly dead being loaded into an ambulance. Everyone looks, though, as the car passes by and we see that he's holding a cardboard sign that reads Jeremiah 1111. So this dude has been out here for like 30 years. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah, it is. And it also, I mean, speaks to the cycle of Mm -hmm. poverty. Yeah, it does. Without really saying a lot. So uh, again, you've got these subtle beats. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we pan up to his face and he has the same long blonde hair, but his eyes are open and he is definitely dead. Yeah. Right. The choir starts again from the rabbit mm-hmm. intro. <laughs> I remember reading, because you remember Jordan Peele get out the opening song yes. Swahili. Mm-hmm. I remember reading, I don't remember where, but Michael Abel's, what they're singing is gibberish in this song, (laughs) but much like the film, it's your interpretation of it. What do you hear, right? Which is really interesting, but kind of eerie as well, because you can fucking fill that with anything. It's like- And it sounds kind of eerie. It's like a dark room. You're like, well, that could be anything in there. (laughs) (laughs) All I really got out of that was Coraline. Like, oh my I god, didn't. you're right. It's very similar. Is it really? Yes. I I was just like, is that the Coraline yeah, music? Totally. I, the... And I think that was gibberish as well. Yeah. No. It yeah. Was. Interesting. You're totally right, though. I don't mean that interesting like that. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's genuinely. not a read into it. There's, no. there's no more Coraline in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. But the music plays as we see them walking along the beach. 
Adelaide looks uneasy as she sees the old building that used to say Vision Quest now says Merlin's Forest. The Native American on top, which was in poor taste, Very much. <laughs> has been replaced with Merlin, but there's still an arrow labeled Find Yourself that points to the door. So is that a comment on like Manifest Destiny or? I saw it as a comment on how we have progressed and how that was cool in the 80s, but that but shit ain't cool it. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I went, That's how I saw I it. went history, you went culture. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to shout out that music as they're walking on the beach. It's mm-hmm. amazing. No, it's awesome. It has almost like a Twilight Zone quality to it. Yeah. And I see that. Mm-hmm. I don't I know Jordan Peele's obviously a big fan of Twilight Zone. He hosts the new version. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's actually an episode of the Twilight Zone called I think it's called Mirror Image that, <laughs> that deals with uh, doppelgangers that you of should course. watch. There's uh, some lines in there. I actually watched it today. <laughs> You're like, yeah, watch I'm it. I'm just nodding. Nobody can see. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason sees her looking at the building and he looks confused. But they meet up with their friends, Kitty and Josh Tyler, played by Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker, which that dude pops up, Ran. I know he's <laughs> Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job, or whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Calcucorn. He's Calcucorn. <laughs> but Elizabeth Moss, uh, I am in love with her. She's amazing. I love her so much. Yes. I was genuinely surprised to see Tim Heidecker here, <laughs> but he does really well yeah. in his role. Yeah. <laughs> he does. But do you remember in Bridesmaids, he's also the one that Maya Rudolph is marrying. I, I didn't know he that. He is, because I remember every time I see him, he sticks out to me because I'm like, you're fucking adult swim. <laughs> like, it's so funny. What is he doing? I don't know. Let him live. He yeah. does good. Yeah. But later, the couple sit in beach chairs and Gabe is kind of bragging to Josh about how he bought a boat. And when Josh runs down the list of essentials, he makes fun of Gabe for forgetting to get a flare gun. I feel like he's in... Kind of a quiet competition. 100%. With him. And we we see more of that in a little bit. Yeah. Some dialogue from Gabe. (laughs) Um, It's like a keeping up with the Joneses situation. So who is friends in your mind? Did the two men meet and and then the wives became friends or the other way around? Yeah. In my mind, I feel like it's a couple thing, but it seems like it's Gabe and Josh and Kitty and Adelaide kind of have yeah, that's kind of have I got. to be friends because okay. their husbands are yeah, friends. That's kind of what I got. Out yeah, of it. that makes sense. But Kitty asks Adelaide if she's sure she doesn't want to drink as she downs some rosé. She goes, which I guess is like her third glass. <laughs> well, she goes, the rosé is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> In my experience, it's not. <laughs> but anyway, Adelaide doesn't want any. <laughs> but. Kitty asks how their summer's going and Adelaide answers absentmindedly and kind of noncommittally prompting Kitty to ask if she's okay. Adelaide then admits that she has a hard time just talking. Interesting. Interesting. And Kitty's like, no, I get that. I get that. I mean, I get it too on a personal level. Yeah. You don't always want to always have to be on. We don't always have to be talking. (laughs) No, I don't know. I love talking. You do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll chat no, up strangers. No, yeah. will make friends in a grocery store line. Like, it's absurd. Well. <laughs> but Josh gets up to get drinks, and Adelaide, again, insists that she's fine with her water, but Kitty takes another refill of rosé. <laughs> After some banter with her husband, she confesses to Adelaide that she thinks about murdering him sometimes, so nothing's changed on that front. Do they just have a playfully dark relationship or do they actually hate they, each other? I love <laughs> are it. Are they really unhappy? <laughs> I love it. If it's playfully dark, it's very cute. Right. Like yeah. they're because he's like, What do you say? And she's like, I hate you. Yeah. Like it's it's cute. But if they're but if not it's real, 
Somebody calls him. But Kitty reveals what has changed by taking her sunglasses off to show that she had a little nip tuck done to her eyes. And I'm sure Elizabeth Moss didn't actually have yeah, an eye tuck or something, but she not. looks fantastic in this movie. Well, she always looks fantastic. She she looks really, really pretty. But anyway, Adelaide looks over. <laughs> it's like a fan club now. <laughs> we love Elizabeth Moss. But Adelaide looks over at the kids and it's funny because she's like, not that you need anything done, whore. Yeah, it's like only yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't respond. It's no. like that no. was awkward. Is that how fun. girls talk to each other? Sometimes. Well, shit. Yeah. But Adelaide looks over at the kids. Zora is sitting by herself as Jason is playing in the sand, and Josh and Kitty's twin daughters, Becca and Lindsay, played by Callie and Noel Sheldon, are like doing flips. Mm-hmm. Right. Fun fact: they played. I know none of y'all watched Friends, but maybe some people listening did. They were Emma, the baby, Ross and Rachel's baby in Friends, like an infant baby. Really? Oh, yeah. Hey. What? <laughs> I'm going to go to the restaurant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That is interesting. It is. That is interesting. <laughs> anyway, Jason ventures off by himself to go to the restroom. Kitty asks Adelaide if she ever wishes she had kept dancing and Adelaide admits sometimes but she peaked at 14. <laughs> Kitty's like didn't we all? It's like no. <laughs> I would 14. hope not. <laughs> oh I meant to mention one of the twins is wearing a black flag t-shirt uh-huh. much like the vendor in the oh, 80s. You're, you're right. Yeah I didn't even you're right. But Jason makes his way to the porta potties which are just beyond that Merlin's forest building. Mm-hmm. We go back to Kitty and Adelaide, and Kitty says that if the girls hadn't been born at just the wrong time, she could have been a movie star. I wonder if that resentment has gone into how she treats, treats them. Treats her husband and her husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for you, motherfucker. Yeah. They need to call someone. <laughs> but call she someone. is. She's in a movie. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but her voice fades out as Adelaide is watching the other people at the beach, and she focuses in on an ominous flock of seagulls. Not the 80s band, but, <laughs> but actual seagulls. But she's brought back as a frisbee whizzes past them. She picks it up and sees that it landed perfectly on one of the circles on the blanket underneath them. It looks pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Adelaide looks disturbed and Kitty admits that there have been so many crazy coincidences lately. I feel like they don't play on this enough. That there, like, there could have been more. Yeah, yeah. Because the one that they really rely upon is the eleven eleven mm-hmm. situation. But I would have loved to have seen more of these things because visually that was really interesting yeah. and even cool. If, even mm-hmm. if we don't explicitly talk about them, mm-hmm. it, that would be kind of cool to see. Wait, what? It, you know, yeah. Yeah. in the background. Yeah, or, you that's know. that's true. But Jason comes out of the porta potty, and a man is standing alone on the beach with his arms spread. As Jason walks closer to him, we see that there's blood on the man's hand, like dripping off. Right. So do me a favor and commit this to memory, because for me, this is a big inconsistency in oh. the film. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to it in a bit. Right, right. But All right. But just as Kitty suggests that they go back to their house, Adelaide notices that Jason is no longer with Zora and the twins. She goes into a panic and goes full heavy rain mode as she runs yes. around being like, Jason. That's all I could think when I was watching. Jason. <laughs> but anyway, Jason comes back and she rushes to him, grabbing him and telling him to never run off without telling her. 
she hugs him and Gabe's like, we're just going to go ahead and go. Yeah. <laughs> She's lucky that the trip was drawing to a close anyway. Yeah. Because she just, it's, yeah. it's done. <laughs> There's no going back to the rosé after this. Yeah, no. <laughs> back at the beach house, and this is what I was talking about, Gabe is complaining about Josh's new car. Like it was a personal attack on him. Right. Yes. And yeah. That is just class struggle. Yeah, completely trying to keep up. And but the thing is, is that it's crazy because whenever we talk about the class struggle, it's always us poor people talking about the super rich. But you see this family who is they have a beach house, very well off. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's be clear. No, I know they're very well off. Yeah, but they're still trying to keep up with people more well off than than they are. Yeah, which is like holy shit, it never ends. No, I mean unless you're Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) Yeah, fuck Jeff. Fuck you, Jeff. But while he's talking, Adelaide is looking nervously out the window and then closes the shades. She tells Zora goodnight and tells her to turn her phone off and go to bed. Zora waits until her mom leaves the room and then immediately we see the light from her phone turn on under her blanket. Of course. <laughs> Did you hear on the TV before she left to go to Zora's room, they said the game was tied 11-11? No, I did not. It's It keeps popping up. Now that is that's what good. I'm talking about. Some yes. background. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But in Jason's room, she takes off his Dr. Wolfula mask and tells him. (laughs) We're just calling it what it is here. (laughs) And tells him that she was scared because she didn't know if he had been lost or taken. She tells him to stick with her and she'll keep him safe. But with the magic trick still on his finger, he points across the room to the clock that reads 1111. She puts his mask away in a drawer and on his dresser, she sees a drawing that he made. It's a view from behind Jason as he's looking at the man with the spread arms that he saw on the beach. The man's hand is red with blood dripping from it. And when she asks him who it is, he's like, "Mo." Oh. he some, just shrugs. Some guy. Yeah. So you came straight home and drew, and drew- yeah. <laughs> What's funny to me is he drew himself Thank looking you. at him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought that was so weird because that's not how we saw it. No. He's like, I saw this guy and I had an out-of-body experience. That's how we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that was strange. But in the bedroom, Gabe is suggesting that they all go fishing tomorrow and Adelaide is not listening. She's just staring out the window. Then <laughs> He lays down. I don't know how tall Winston Duke is, but he makes this bed look like Dude, a toddler yeah, bed. He, <laughs> but he lays on the bed and he's like, hey. <laughs> he's just hilarious. But he's so fun, like effortlessly funny. But she kills the mood by saying that she wants to go home. She starts to get. <laughs> well, he goes, where are you trying to go? <laughs> She's like, this is serious. He's trying, man. You yeah, he is. Can't blame him well, for trying. On vacation, right? Yeah. <laughs> but she starts to get emotional, and she tells him that this is just too much. She said she feels like there's a black cloud hanging over her, and she just doesn't feel like herself. Gabe is like, "Well, you look like yourself," and she's, "You're not getting it." No, yeah. dude. Again, read the room. <laughs> He's like Santa Cruz. <laughs> But she just turns back to the window and she explains that when she was a kid, she went to that boardwalk. In a flashback, we see her again as a child as we hear Adelaide say that she had wandered off and went to a hall of mirrors, but there was another girl in there. The girl looked exactly like her. We see young Adelaide again turn around to see her double. Gabe tries to suggest that it was a reflection, but Adelaide is adamant that it was real. From what I saw in interviews, this was kind of the jumping off point for Jordan Peele as far as... What he said, what scares me? And he Myself. said, yes, if you see, if you were to encounter your exact double, 
And that's it's genuinely just a frightening thought because it's like, <laughs> why are you making a face? But I don't to, know if I'd be afraid if I seen myself. I would be fucking. I horrified. would be yeah because I'm like, first of all, where the fuck did you come from? Yeah, are you here for me? Yeah, like there's a lot of questions that go into seeing you, and then also if you think of it on more of like a psychological aspect of looking at yourself internally is also frightening in a way. All right. <laughs> He's convinced. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just, I'm not, if I seen seen myself, I'd be like, dude, you know, yeah, at first Mm -hmm. I'd be a little, you know, weary, but if he's not being threatening, then it's like, he's like, hey, JP, let's, yeah, (laughs) let's go get on the game. Or, you know what, you need to come to work with me. You also like, Uh, go to work for me. Yeah, there you go. Where have you been? Where have you been all my life? If I treat my other bad, then he's going to get pissed. That's true. Yeah, he can't work for me all the time. (laughs) But we see the other girl turn around and face young Adelaide and then smile at her. A very eerie smile. I was going to say an aggressive smile. Yeah, I wouldn't oh, even yeah. say it's a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make me happy. It's threatening, no. <laughs> and for a second, I just want to shout out that little girl, because I'm not completely sure how old she was, but she does a hell of a job. Dude, seriously. And the she barely talks. Yeah. Most of it is just her face and her reactions, but she kills it. No, mm-hmm. yeah. But back in present day in the bedroom, Adelaide is shaking as we see her reflection in the window. She says that she ran as fast as she could, but her whole life she's felt like that little girl was coming for her. She goes over to Gabe and says that since they've been here, coincidences have been happening more and more. She thinks it means that the girl is getting closer. While I think this is a very interesting concept, I don't know how you can connect those two things. I guess because they're back. She's back here. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what would you say if I told you some shit like that? Because Gabe is like the mirror girl. But, yeah, well, but he says he believes her. He does after she's like, you don't believe me. I'd probably just say the same shit. Like, <laughs> I believe you. She's fucking crazy. <laughs> Hello, 911. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid of my wife. <laughs> but Gabe does say that he believes her and that he just needs a minute to process it. And he says, basically, he's here to protect her. And he's pretty sure he could kick her ass. So if the double <laughs> looks like her. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. And she doesn't, which only She's makes it funnier. Yeah. It. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that did not land. No. But just then the power goes out and Adelaide kind of yelps. And then they both scream as Jason <laughs> just appears in the doorway. And he's wearing the Dr. Wolfie mask again. Yeah. Okay. If... One of your kids always wore a mask. Would that be okay with you? I feel like it'd probably be a little concerning at first, but if it was just like like his favorite hat, or I feel like at first, whatever. I feel like at first it wouldn't be concerning, but if he didn't stop, I'd be like, "Why do you? Do you think you're the wolf man? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's fine. Be a wolf. You're fine. But you're the new protector. Yeah, that's it. I did read that Jordan Peele named Jason after Jason Mm, and Jason wears a mask. So, Uh, I mean, maybe, but he walks in and calmly says there's a family in our driveway and Gabe's like, no, there isn't. And then we cut to the family of four holding hands shrouded in darkness, standing in the driveway, just like Jason said. Gabe is like, huh. (laughs) (laughs) Would you look at that? Yeah. He asks if they're really scared of a family and Jason's like, the boogeyman has a family and Gabe's like, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) 
because he's starting to get scared. Yeah. I'm going to go to the scaring store. scaring your mother. Exactly. <laughs> but horrified, Adelaide grabs Jason and starts backing away from the door. She takes Zora's phone and calls the police and reports four trespassers. Gabe is very annoyed that she's calling the cops and says that he'll take care of it. She tells the police that 15 minutes is too long and Gabe basically tells everyone to chill out and he goes outside. Horrible decision. Yeah. yeah. I I was genuinely surprised to see him do that. Yeah. Especially yeah. because of Get Out because Chris would have never pulled that shit in that movie. Oh, Chris? No. 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 Yeah, no. <laughs> he was a real one. Uh, yeah, fucking, absolutely No, not. no. <laughs> That Get Out was one of the rare movies where the protagonist, you're like, yes, I would have done that. Yes, yeah. I would have yeah. done that. He never made a dumb decision. No. But this is just idiotic. Gabe, on the other hand. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. this is a dumb decision. But then you wonder, it's like, well, he's trying to fit in. Maybe he's taking on these qualities of the stereotypical, you know what I mean? Protector dad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he does go outside and he's muttering under his breath that everyone's lost their goddamn mind. <laughs> And he calls out to the family asking if he can help them. And he tells them if they're out here trying to scare people, then they pick the wrong house. The silence of their silhouettes Mm -hmm. is frightening. Yes, it is. What would you do, John Paul? Honestly, I probably wouldn't have went outside. I I hope (laughs) not. But (laughs) I'm... Let's just put it like this. We live in Texas. Yes. If somebody breaks into your house, please come in my house. Please. (laughs) Inside. Yes. I will leave the door ajar. Come in. I personally wouldn't be inviting this to anyone. No. Don't come in our house. Yeah. (laughs) Again, we're in Texas. Break in my house. We're going to reverse and say, don't (laughs) come in. I'm going to double down and say, don't. Don't do any of that. But inside, Adelaide tells Zora to put her shoes on because I guess she's anticipating some shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Outside, Gabe tells them to get off his property, and we see another shot of the family just, like you said, standing completely silent, completely motionless. Mm-hmm. He goes back inside and is like, all right, let's call yeah. the cops. <laughs> yeah, he's scared now. Yeah, he's like, I did some inspecting. <laughs> Good call. I'm going to outsource this. <laughs> Adelaide says that she did, and they're 14 minutes away. And even Gabe's like, 14 minutes? That's a long-ass time. Yeah, it is. But he tells Jason to bring him his bat and Zora runs and gets it and Gabe puts his shoes on. He heads back outside and this time (laughs) with some extra bass in his voice, Mm -hmm. he tells the family that if they want to get crazy, they can get crazy. But the cops are already (laughs) on their way. Dude, and again, the, his comedic timing, even in yes. this tense ass yeah. moment. I remember so the first funny. The first time we saw that in the theater with that line, the whole theater erupted because <laughs> it's, so it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> but one of the other family members makes a clicking sound, and the two smaller figures jump away into the bushes on either side of the driveway, and the larger figure starts walking toward Gabe. So the code switching just made shit worse. Yes. <laughs> so maybe i should have stuck with the protector dad yes but gabe goes back inside and locks the door someone starts banging on the door and gabe asks if the back door is locked because they're going around the house zora runs to lock it and adelaide goes after her giving jason to gabe as zora goes to close her window we see someone climbing the tree outside it's like they're everywhere and there's only mm -hmm. four of them Gabe continues to yell at the person banging against the door as Jason backs away. A child with a cloth mask jumps into view of the patio window. The child tilts their head and looks at Jason before running off. 
Adelaide grabs him away from the window and she clutches onto both of her kids as we hear someone start to whistle Itsy Bitsy Spider. Not good. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Outside, we see a shadow of a person holding scissors walking closer. They stoop to pick up a rock and then inside we hear a key being used in the door. Adelaide remembers the hide a key that they have outside. Gabe's like, what kind of white shit? (laughs) (laughs) Again, this is a horrifying moment and he's still so funny. Yeah. But the door opens and he slams his body against it to close it again. The bat is snatched from him by whoever is pushing their way into the house and they reach through the gap in the door and hit Gabe's leg. How did he allow that (laughs) to happen? He gave it to him. Yeah. Hold this while I try to push the door back. like give me the bat windy (laughs) (laughs) all right but gabe falls and the intruder steps into the house it is gabe's exact double but with a beard and without glasses he looks like an unkempt gabe yeah yeah terrified adelaide and the kids back out of the room they hear glass breaking as someone drops in from a window in another room we see a shadow against the drapes as someone outside runs by Exact doubles of Adelaide and Zora also enter. Adelaide's double leads the other two in as she clutches gold scissors to her chest. They're all wearing matching red jumpsuits and one fingerless glove. So two things there. One, the coveralls, the jumpsuits, Mm -hmm. they're like a red version of what Michael Myers wears. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're yes, they are. You've got the one glove that's A, obviously you think about Michael Jackson, but Freddy Krueger Yes. I mean, like, you're getting all these, like, little subtle hints of horror, like him being named Jason, wearing a mask. Yeah. You're like, not only does Jordan Peele make good horror, he respects good horror. Obviously. Yeah, you can tell. And I also love those rotating shots as they're entering the house. Yes. Yeah. I know we just talked about rotating shots on Evil Dead last week, but... Yeah. But here we are again. I just love them, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Adelaide's double surveys the room before turning around to Adelaide and her kids. She opens her arms and the tension is interrupted by glass breaking. Jason's double, still in the cloth mask, scurries into the room like a dog. Why? Yeah, I didn't. Because it looks creepy? I didn't didn't understand why he couldn't be a person. Why did they have to turn him into a pet? Like, I mean. I mean, it's pretty creepy. It is. But why does everybody else get to be normal? Normal. Why did you choose to turn him into an like an animal thing? It's just, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying it. No, again, it's 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 like kind of like we were it's talking a weird about choice. before the show. In that there are some choices made that are done purely because of how they look, uh-huh. as opposed to whether or not they actually make perfect sense. Right, and that's definitely one of them for me because it is creepy and it gives you like a very direct opposite of Jason. Yeah. Right, and it's eerie, but does it make sense? I don't know. Maybe I was going to say the wolf mask. I don't know. (laughs) You're like, you wear a mask. I am a dog. Oh, there you go. Yeah. No, nothing about this life. (laughs) (laughs) This is a game. (laughs) But Gabe stumbles into the room and Jason's double lights a fire in the fireplace as the family sit across from each other. And it's a very tense moment. Yeah, very. And Jason, with his face stained with tears and shaking, says, it's us. Great line. Mm -hmm. But I have notes and we'll talk in a second. Okay. 
Gabe tries to tell them that they don't have anything here at the house for them. But Adelaide's double red interrupts with a raspy, cracked and impossibly strained voice. This is where we have to just understand that the Academy hates horror. Obviously, because this and this was on the heels of hereditary. too. Yes. So it's like it was two years in a row and seeing <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o play these two parts, the way she plays them, the emotion she brings to each of them. How the fuck does this not warrant at least a nomination? Because you're actively ignoring horror. That's the only way. Same thing with, like we said, Tony Collette and Hereditary. Yes. There's no goddamn reason. No. There's no good reason. Yeah, I don't understand that. No. Right? Doesn't... Can Can you stop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, all four of them, her especially, watching this movie, you have to keep reminding yourself that that's the same actor playing both. Yes doubles because they all bring a completely different character to each oh, yeah. doubles yeah it's incredible it's amazing and especially her cuz her voice mm-hmm. it's like how the fuck are you doing that oh yeah i know it made me made my throat hurt jeez yeah. like, <laughs> it was crazy because i watched on a featurette how they filmed this the craft of having these selective angles you have stand-ins you have composite shots where it's split you have creative framing. You have face replacement with CGI in some points. And the great part is that whenever she's playing Adelaide, mm-hmm. on set, Jordan Peele was doing the voice of Red. And he was doing a great job <laughs> to like get her in the mood yes. for who she's talking to. I'm going to have to go watch that. His, <laughs> his impression of her was perfect. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I have to go watch that. But in that horrifying and frankly now iconic voice. Yes. She tells the family that once upon a time there was a girl and the girl had a shadow. The two were connected and tethered together. She said that when the girl ate, her food was warm and tasty. (laughs) But when her shadow was hungry, she ate raw and bloody rabbit. On Christmas, the girl got soft toys and the shadow got sharp and cold toys that cut her. The girl met a handsome prince and fell in love. But the shadow at the same time met Abraham. Gabe's double, and it didn't matter if she loved him because he was tethered to the girl's prince. When the girl had Zora, the shadow gave birth to a monster, Zora's double, Umbre, who was born laughing. And I don't know why that's so scary, but it is. Well, because (laughs) that's not how (laughs) it should be. When the girl gave birth to Jason, she had a C-section, but the shadow had to do it all by herself. Jason's double is named Pluto, a boy born to love fire. Through all of this, the shadow hated the girl until she realized one day that she was being tested by God. Gabe pipes up and asks what she wants, even offering her his wallet or his car or even his boat and proposes that they take him to an ATM and Abraham screams at him. Now, very quickly, I have an issue here. Okay. If this were say The Strangers or any other home invasion movie you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how Gabe's acting. Gabe is not acting like he's looking at reasoning himself. with himself. <laughs> yeah. Why, Gabe? <laughs> I, to me, I think I think this speaks... You should have the best eyesight out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think this speaks to the blindness of people who are in better economic shape. To where they think that their money can solve everything. So it's like the hitchhiker and creep Exactly. Show. How, How much, much do, do you want? 50? So <laughs> that's kind of what Gabe's doing. It doesn't matter that they're fucking doubles. He's like, I have money. 
maybe that'll if I throw it at this problem, maybe it can solve it. I guess that's a good explanation, but I just feel like that's not like any of this movie is realistic. But I feel like that <laughs> aspect of it is not very realistic. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That confused me, too, because I was like, he's like, look, I got a boat. <laughs> this yeah. is You are literally seeing that this is your family. Mm-hmm. Why are you still talking about your stuff? Like it's just some people. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like that's my issue that he's acting scared, but you would be scared at any home invasion. I feel like maybe if he would have said this before they sat them down. Before they got yeah. to see right. the whole yeah. family, right, right. it might have worked and better. And she told the whole story about yeah. how yeah. there's shadows of them. Yeah, She's like, I'm you. And he's like, I got my... I got- <laughs> <laughs> there's a boat outside. No. But Gabe adjusts his glasses to look at Abraham. And then Abraham rubs the bridge of his own nose and then falls silent. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hmm. Yeah. But Gabe asks what they are, to which Red replies, we're Americans. So, Okay. This is the note that I had from previous. I know that Jason has to say it's us because, you know, that's the whole concept of this whole thing. Yeah. Probably the most important line in the whole film in regards to the social commentary. But I feel like it would have been better and less a little, maybe a little less heavy handed if Red had said, we're you. And Jason hadn't said that before, because that's what we're looking at now with that social commentary. You see us as these, you know, we're breaking in, we're monsters, whatever. We're, we're the same. you. Yeah. I feel like that's more powerful. We're, yeah, I, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, we're Americans. That's a great line. And you're like, oh, shit. But it kind of gives away what the commentary is meant to be. Instead of it just being an undercurrent. Exactly. I get that. I get that. I get yeah. That. And you're right. It's much more subtle and get out. And I know they're not necessarily movies to be compared. But when you have two movies from two direct, you're get, from the oh, same director, yeah. you're going to. Especially when they both have a message with the social commentary. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the line still. No, I think it's, it's a great. good line. Yeah. And it jogs your, it makes you put your thinking cap on, yeah, if you will. Yeah, you're like, oh shit. And like, oh shit. Now you're paying attention. And you're like, okay, well, this must mean this and this and this. Yeah. But if they hadn't said that, then you can maybe arrive at those things a little more independently. That's fair. Yeah. But Red sends Pluto with handcuffs over to Adelaide and Red tells her to tether herself to the table. <laughs> she follows instructions and Pluto scurries back to the floor next to his mother. Again, like a dog. Yeah. Adelaide pleads that Red not hurt her children as she secures herself to the table, like Red told her to. Red makes a hand motion toward Abraham, and he stomps over to Gabe. He takes Gabe's glasses and puts them on his own face before grabbing him and dragging him by his ankle through the broken glass and out of the patio door. Real quick. Mm -hmm. I timed it 12 minutes since the phone call was made, and that's real time. Really? Since the, the she called the cops? Yeah. 12 minutes have passed. Well, they got two more minutes. Right. <laughs> better hurry your ass up. Y'all better be here <laughs> in 120 <Yeah>. seconds. <laughs> Red motions at Umbre and she steps forward with a smile on her face. Red tells Zora to run and she does and Umbre follows after another motion from Red. Mm-hmm. Real quick too, her name Umbre means the darkest part of a shadow. Well, that's... Which is pretty fucking yeah. cool. And Pluto, you know, is the darkest. It's still a fucking planet. (laughs) It is. Darkest planet. Yeah. Save it, Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) I feel, I don't know why our generation took that so personally when they took Pluto away. Well, because that's the pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) We see Zora run down the dark street as Umbre follows her closely, cracking her joints. 
Abraham kicks Gabe down the stairs. He's just kicking his ass. Just a brute. Yeah. But inside, Red motions for Pluto to go to Jason. He holds out his hand to Jason. And when Adelaide says he's not going with him, Red tells her to be careful because Pluto has a temper. He's mad he's not a planet anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is bullshit. (laughs) Outside, Umbre takes off running after Zora. Abraham takes his gold scissors out of his pocket and groans as he slowly walks to Gabe, who's crawling away. Inside, Adelaide tells Jason he'll be okay and tells him to show Pluto one of his tricks. Red tells them to go play and tells them not to burn the house down and laughs. A very eerie laugh. Yeah. You know, honestly, that makes me think because if Umbre laughed as she was born, that would mean that she laughs at things that normally make people cry, which makes her fucking vicious. And she, the look on her face, it's like- It's pretty evil. Again- that girl is playing two different. It's like yes. two different yeah. people. It's it's just crazy. On the featurette, Jordan Peele said he's scared of her the most. Umbre? Yes. She's chilling. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> chilling. <laughs> she does look creepy <laughs> as fuck. She's fucking insane. <laughs> but Pluto holds Jason's hand as they go into the closet, and the door closes again on that toy ambulance. Mm-hmm. Outside, Abraham grunts at Gabe mockingly as Gabe is begging him to stop. And then he just knocks Gabe out. <laughs> he got tired. He's like, look, got places to go again. People to see. In the closet, Pluto lights a match and the boys stare at each other. He lowers Jason's mask over his face and shakes Jason's hand, trying to get him to do the trick. The ring that's still on his finger. Mm-hmm. Jason tries, but again, it doesn't work. They move their hands around in tandem before Jason raises his mask, causing Pluto to raise his. We see that the entire bottom half of Pluto's face is completely burned and scarred. And Jason, with no chill, is like, (gasps) like, oh, shit. (laughs) Put it back on. Put it back on. Didn't need to see that. My bad. So again, the opposites. He can't get his flame to work. His flame worked a little too well. And he looks like Freddy Krueger as well. Again, another one of these horror references. So my question is, if they're mirroring, because there have been moments already, Abraham with the glasses Mm -hmm. and Pluto and Jason with the hands, if they're mirroring each other, does that mean that every time Jason was trying to get his thing to work, Pluto was was burning burning himself? Possibly, yeah. Oh, man. But why only half his face? Well, because it's, I don't know. If he's holding it up to his face. or Then it would be one spot. (laughs) He's like, Jason, please stop. (laughs) It doesn't work. No. Outside, Zora slows down and we see Umbre dash behind her. Suddenly, she's in front of Zora in the road and they stand on opposite sides of a car as Zora tries to hide from her. But Umbre is watching her through the windows of the car. Mm -hmm. After staring at each other, Umbre drops down and out of sight. Did that remind you of Scream? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? right. When Ghostface is like, whoopsie, and just disappears. (laughs) gone. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that was intentional. Maybe. He likes his horror films. He does. But Zora lowers down to see, again, like Ghostface, she's gone. Mm -hmm. The car creaks and Zora stands back up to see Umbre standing on top of the car and she pulls out her scissors. Just then a man comes out and is like, get off my car. (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah. He tells Umbre to get her ass over there. And when she does, Zora runs. As she runs away in the background, we see Umbre attacking the man. Now, again, keep that in mind along with the person we saw on the beach that was standing there that Jason drew. Because to me, those are joined that become kind of an inconsistency. All right. All right. 
(laughs) (laughs) In the house, Adelaide asks Red what she wants. Red goes over and grabs her by her hair. She says they want their time. They've been waiting for this day, and she calls it the untethering. She presses Adelaide's face down into the glass of the coffee table as it cracks. I have a criticism of this scene. Really? Yeah, but I can't talk about it yet. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about it later. The next thing we see is Gabe poking a hole to see out of a bag that he's in as Abraham is driving his boat. He's taking him up on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nobody else wanted to. No. As it did when Gabe drove it, the engine dies. Gabe lays back down and plays dead as Abraham goes to smack the engine. We hear Faraway shrieking and Abraham returns it by grunting loudly. He continues to hit the engine and Gabe rises up armed with the bat. As soon as Abraham notices him, he hits him in the face with the bat and Abraham falls into the water. As Gabe looks over the side, the boat starts and takes off, making (laughs) him fall into the water too. As he rises back up, Abraham appears behind him. Back in the closet, still shivering with fear, Jason pulls the mask down on his face and Pluto does the same. Pluto starts shaking Jason's hand again, trying to get the trick to work. And Jason keeps trying. And finally, the toy sparks, causing Pluto to shrink back away from it. It's like, this is what you want. Yeah. Why are you afraid? <laughs> You're like, show me fire. No, fire. no, not fire. <laughs> Jason takes the opportunity to crawl out of the closet and move the toy ambulance on his way out, trapping Pluto inside the closet. Super smart. Right. Mm-hmm. A little bit of foreshadowing from before. Yes. Yeah. In the living room, Adelaide and Red hear Pluto yelling. Red presses Adelaide's face harder into the glass, causing it to crack more before letting her go. The shot of their two faces, both Lupita and Yango, yeah, in the same shot is just great CG it work. It is. Mm-hmm. That is just fantastic. That's what I'm saying. Like you forget. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same person. Like, these are two different people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Lupita and Yango had a twin. Crazy. <laughs> But as soon as Red is out of sight, Adelaide gets to work trying to get the cuff off. Red lets Pluto out of the closet and he scurries away. She looks for Jason armed with her gold scissors. She goes into the laundry room and takes the stuffed bunny out of the box. And she uses the scissors to cut off the bunny's head and it falls to the floor. That's dinner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She did say that. Yeah. In the living room, Adelaide reaches for the fireplace tools and she finally reaches a poker and starts to get to work, breaking the table to free herself. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with this, it's a coffee table. Hmm. You cannot move a coffee table. You're handcuffed to it. Why can you not move it? Um, Maybe it's, it's one of those tables. It's a load bearing table. <laughs> the whole house will collapse. <laughs> if you... Were you trying to kill her? Yeah. I just... I. I can say in 36 years, I've never seen a coffee table that was mounted to the floor. I'm not saying that there's not. You've never seen that yeah, in, in your experience. Yeah, in my experience. I just didn't understand why she didn't pick it up and smash it to get free. Why she had to get the poker to break it. It's like, it's a coffee table. My daughter can tip over a coffee table. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand what's happening here. I got nothing. I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> But out at the lake, (laughs) the engine of the boat dies down again and Gabe climbs on board. Behind him, Abraham lifts his head out of the water and jumps onto the boat. He tries to stab Gabe with his scissors, but Gabe finally fights back. (laughs) He slams his own head against the engine, causing it to start. And Abraham, who is hanging off the end of the boat, is sucked into the engine in a bloody mess. It looks pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I hadn't counted on that. No. No. It's like surprising. Mm -hmm. 
But back at the house, free now, Adelaide walks around armed with the fire poker. She quietly calls out for her son, and Jason climbs out of that Charles Manson cabinet that he was hiding in earlier. (laughs) Pluto immediately goes after them. Adelaide and Jason run outside to the car, but she realizes that the keys are inside. The keys. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's all I was thinking. (laughs) Zora runs up to them, and they all run away together when they hear Gabe honking the horn of the boat. We see Pluto scurry out of the house on all fours again. That's just his shit. I guess. He loves it. The family is reunited at the dock and Adelaide, Jason, and Zora climb into the boat with Gabe. They speed off just as Pluto scurries onto the dock. I know I keep saying scurry, but that's really the only way to describe how he's moving. (laughs) What's a dog movement? (laughs) (laughs) But as they speed away, we see that Red and Umbre have joined Pluto. Mm Mm-hmm. The choir starts again and Red stares after them and Umbre just runs away. I was like, where's that bitch going? (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere good. She's the one to watch out for. Yeah. At Josh and Kitty's house, Josh sits drinking in his chair downstairs and Kitty comes out on the second floor talking kind of down to him to the ground floor i don't know why i'm making this so complicated it's like a like a balcony yeah, right there. It's, okay it's a house with two floors yeah. I don't know. <laughs> let me draw you a picture where's the blueprints it's of this like, thing stair hole but she says <laughs> she says that she hears someone walking around outside the house she asks josh to get up and check it out but he says he's busy he's just sitting there he's chilling she says she's scared and she insists that he go he calls for the Alexa type Ophelia yeah. device right. that they have. To Long turn John on, Silvers. Long yeah. John Silvers. <laughs> <laughs> to turn on the lights outside. Kitty comes downstairs to look with him and he makes fun of her saying he sees someone. It's OJ Simpson. <laughs> Another one glove. Yes. Oh, Oh, yes. shit. You must have quit. Yeah, also another, you know, <laughs> killer. <laughs> Allegedly. I'm not trying to not get, get him tweeting at me or something. He's on, he The juice is too. on the loose yeah, now, right. so <laughs> trying to... Watch your back. Exactly. But he has Ophelia turn on good vibrations by the Beach Boys <laughs> as he pours himself another drink. He's just vibing. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. The twins come out of their rooms and look down on them from that <laughs> second floor. <laughs> asking what's going on they say everything is fine and josh stresses that they have to leave by 10 a.m so just then the twins doubles come out of their rooms with scissors Mm -hmm. and at this point i'm like oh it's not just them from the outside of the house looking through the windows we see both becca and Lindsay being stabbed and killed josh and kitty's doubles come in on the ground floor they're immediately stabbed in the throat and go down as good vibrations just (laughs) continues to play (laughs) Not for everyone. Not for everyone. (laughs) Inside the house, Josh and Kitty's doubles smile at each other and then look at the twins' doubles. We hear gurgling and the camera pans down to Kitty as she crawls along the floor, bleeding from her throat. The eerie look on the twins' face, looking down, I saw in a featurette that that was the twins' idea. Jordan Peele was going to have them just looking at their parents, but they just did that. And he's like, no, do Do it again. Oh, it's it's creepy. No, yeah. But Kitty crawls toward Josh, who is dead. Yeah. Josh's double reaches his hand out to her. And when she reaches for him to help her up, he does that psych. <laughs> <laughs> it's got jokes. Yeah. 
I feel like the Wilson family, the main family, all their doubles were like opposite of them. Mm-hmm. Josh's double seems like himself. It's just, yeah. Kitty's He's double seems like herself just too. Just Tim Heidecker. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> but she asked Josh's double to stop. And then Ophelia stops playing Good Vibrations. So a light bulb kind of goes off. Mm-hmm. And she says, Ophelia, call the police. Ophelia responds with, sure, playing Fuck the Police by N.W.A. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it. At least you get to die to a better soundtrack than hey, Good Vibrations. Go. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> look on the bright side. You got him. I think that a lot of people read too much into that. Like, I've seen a lot on Twitter that people are like, oh, man, us did that. I'm like, what? They played Fuck the Police? <laughs> it was a funny moment. Like, I don't it understand. It is a funny moment. It's not this big thing, though. Yeah. I I took it as that, that it was just the comedy. Yeah. Because I was like, you clearly heard her say, call the police. Yeah. And you... <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You know, good moment. It, no, it, no, yeah, it is. yeah. But Kitty's double stoops down and then just slits her throat. <laughs> Not to bring it back down. It's a bit down, of a but... turn. <laughs> Suddenly, Adelaide bangs on the glass door and Josh's double, now wearing his robe over the <laughs> jumpsuit. Again, I feel like this is just literally Josh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he opens the door and... Adelaide immediately clocks that it's not him and hits him in the head with the poker, which like that's a risky mistake to make. <laughs> yeah. What if he just had red pajamas? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Kitty's double pulls Adelaide into the house. Josh's double starts down the outside stairs towards Gabe, who is still injured from his fight with himself. <laughs> I love that he just waves it off like he's like, ah, they're crazy anyway. <laughs> She's got it. <laughs> Zora and Jason slowly make their way into the house as NWA continues to blare. Mm -hmm. Zora grabs the golf club as they cautiously make their way inside. They find Kitty and Josh dead in the living room and hear Adelaide screaming upstairs. They look at each other. Jason grabs a geode mounted on a stand and lowers his Dr. Wolfiela mask. (laughs) It's on. They take a while Hmm. to get up the stairs. Like they're looking at it. You got to prepare yourself. But if it was my kids, I'd be yeah, like, y'all see? gonna fucking hurry yeah, up. Right. I'm dying up here. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what they're doing or yeah, planning. She's screaming. Their Even mom worse. is screaming. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but they finally get up the stairs and see the twins dead in the hallway. Their bodies look exactly like the bodies of the Grady twins in the shining. When it flashes. Exactly. Yes, it yeah. does. Take a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the twins doubles is doing flips in the next room and then flips into their path in the hallway. And Zora quickly dispatches her over the railing with the golf club. Great shot. Yes. As they turn the corner, the other twins double flips behind them. After being surprised, Zora is able to gain the upper hand and beats her to death with the golf club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's Why no not? way to put it. <laughs> yeah. In Kitty's bedroom, while whimsical classical music plays, her double lovingly applies lip gloss and stares at herself in the mirror. She smiles and laughs soundlessly at her reflection, and the camera pans out to see that Adelaide is cuffed to her bed. This is actually very sad to watch to me. Yeah, it is. To watch her play as Kitty. Yeah. Like, what she was not fortunate enough to have. Yeah. She's given it a shot. And then we talked about Red having to give herself her own C-section. Right. So when Kitty had plastic surgery, what did that look like 
for her. Yeah. You see the scars on her cheek. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like at all. So whatever happens to them is happening to the other one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But how there was no doctor cutting her face or there was so her face was just cutting her, open on her, her doctor's doctor. double. Yeah. Without the proper tools was probably cutting into her face. Without anesthetic, uh, probably. Well, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Right. Yeah. Outside, Gabe limps his way back to the boat and falls inside as he tells Josh's double to come on. Inside, Kitty's double holds her scissors up to Adelaide's face with a shaking hand. She stops and goes back to the mirror, turning the scissors on her own face mm -hmm. and smiling as she slices down her cheek. It's a lot. It is a lot. She looks crazy. Yes, oh, she yeah. does. That looks terrifying. And again, Elizabeth Moss. Great. She, oh, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. On the boat, Josh's double looks around for Gabe and he's like shrieking. Yeah, he's not... They've got a weird language. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. In different even... dialects, apparently. Yeah. But anyway, Gabe fires a flare gun at him and it falls flat. And so is this Josh's boat? Because yes. Gabe didn't have a flare yeah. gun. He got roasted for not having a flare yeah. gun. <laughs> it's a little callback, I guess. Yeah. They, um, the way that they scream mm -hmm. sounds just like the zombies on Days Gone. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, even know that. I, like, yeah, because oh, I noticed when it was Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. When yeah. he's first beating him up and he's taking him to his boat and he's communicating, you can hear him right. when he's grunting and someone else is screeching and he's answering him. And I was like, man, why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> and then in this scene happening, I was like, that sounds just like fucking Days Gone. That's hilarious. Like, that's the way the zombies on there communicate. And he's following him like a zombie, just attracted to the noise yeah. as well. Yeah, he yeah. is. So, I mean, I don't know. But the camera pans out as Gabe and Josh's double begin to fight. Inside the house, Kitty's double hears them struggling, and she looks out the window, and we see a flare reflected in the window. Mm-hmm. She screams in horror, but no sound comes out, and the scream slowly morphs into silent laughter. So again, that's one of those things that's eerie and all, but yeah. I don't know why that's happening. Because what she hears Please. is her husband, <laughs> you know? Explain. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Kitty and Josh had that playful, I hate you relationship. Maybe so they maybe took it a uh, step further. Maybe they're like, no, I fucking hate <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> it's not playful down there. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I did it. There you go. But Zora sneaks into the room and raises the club to hit Kitty's double. She catches her just in time, though, and grabs her arm, forcing her down to the bed. She holds her scissors over Zora's face, watching Adelaide's reaction, which is pretty tough. Very mm -hmm. scary. Jason comes in and bashes her head with that geode and stands over her panting. I got five on it starts to play as Zora lets Gabe inside, telling him that the door was unlocked the whole time. <laughs> And he's like, boats are done. I'm, yeah. done. <laughs> I'm done with boats. So did they tell Ophelia to play that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Later, the family sits at a table trying to figure out the situation. Adelaide still has her handcuffs on. They try to call the police, but it's busy. And Jason asks, how many twins can there be? Suddenly, they're all sitting in front of the TV. We hear a reporter talking to a woman who says the assailants are all wearing red. They walked up to a crowd and started stabbing people with scissors. She says that someone said they were coming out from the sewers. The reporter says that they're in the midst of a brutal attack. Gabe points out, and they look like us. 
And yeah. Adelaide's like, they don't even know that yet. But doesn't it seem to be that each double is responsible for their own above ground counterpart? Yes. And that's where my inconsistency comes in. Okay. Because oh, as Zora exactly. or Umbre. Yeah. As we see on the news, they seem to be linked together. They're yeah. holding hands in the street. So it seems to me that just like with the unhoused man at the beginning, yeah. he killed his counterpart and then he went and stood off. Yeah. Why is it that the Taylor family kills their counterparts and then waits for this family and then attacks huh. them? Why is it that Umbre gets distracted by someone who's not her double and attacks him? Shouldn't she be singularly focused? Yeah, she should. Yeah. And then after oh, her mission's right. done, go join. Huh. Yeah, she so it's be. it's a bit of an inconsistency, to right? Me. Right. Yeah, they shouldn't have been still in the house doing flips and no, shit. No, exactly. They should have been out in the street. <laughs> you're right. No, yeah. You know. No, you're right. And the unhoused man did not attack Jason. No, he just no. stood there. He was doing his job. So I mean, just a little bit. And the reporters are like awfully yeah. cool for yeah. what's going we on. We are in the midst of a brutal attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they cut in with footage, like you said, T, of a group of people all in the red jumpsuits holding hands and standing in a line. Mm -hmm. Another person walks up to them and joins hands with them, like silently. They're like, this is what we were supposed to do. Exactly. A person in red walks up to the camera and the footage just cuts off. And the new the reporter's like, "Uh, you might want to cover your children's eyes because we don't know what's about to happen. (laughs) Might get real crazy. There was something here. I don't know if this is exactly who this person plays, but it looked like him. And he's listed in the credits is Duke Nicholson, which is Jack Nicholson's grandson, mm. is, huh. I believe, that one that comes towards the camera as well as the uh, reporter. I think that is right. him. And they're credited as Danny and Tony. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? That's perfect. <laughs> so very... Uh. That's perfect. That's pretty cool. Right? Yeah. But Adelaide says that they need to leave. They'll take the coast to Mexico. Gabe is not on board. No. He says they have food, water, and a generator here. And Adelaide says he can go tell that to Josh and Kitty. Because they also had food, (laughs) water, and a generator. How'd that work out? Yeah. (laughs) She says that this won't end until one side is dead. Gabe puts his foot down saying they're not going anywhere. And that's final. And isn't Gabe like, we'll just set up traps like... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst idea. No, no, it's not. It's just funny. And she's even like, you did not just say home alone right now. <laughs> but Adelaide yells that he doesn't get to make decisions anymore. And Zora's like, does that mean we can take Josh's car? And I'm sure Gabe is like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but they rush outside and Adelaide has to run back inside for their keys. She goes looking through the house and finds that the twin that fell off the second floor is no longer where she had landed. She runs and grabs the keys from the kitchen and grabs a pan out of the sink. She swings the pan just as the twin advances on her from behind. The twin falls but jumps right back up. She jumps on top of Adelaide, but Adelaide spots scissors underneath the coffee table. Jason comes in to find his mom stabbing the twin with the scissors. She stands over her grunting and panting, but snaps back to herself when she sees that Jason is there and he's watching her. He looks a little disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because, I mean, he just watched his sister kill a bunch of people and that didn't disturb him. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, but this one, I guess, is different. I don't know, because Zora wasn't acting like that when she no. had to kill... She went primal. She, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jason and Adelaide run outside to find Zora in the driver's seat of Josh's car. Mm -hmm. She says that Gabe's leg is messed up and Adelaide is still handcuffed, so she needs to be the one to drive. Plus, she has the biggest kill count in the family. This leads to a debate that proves Gabe, in fact, has the highest kill count in the family. He was like, I killed Josh and myself. (laughs) (laughs) This is inappropriate, but like to be honest. Though this is a funny scene, I... I like, we wouldn't be doing this right, right. now. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this shouldn't have been there. Like, it, I get it. But if we're really in danger and one of the kids is like, I'm driving, I'm going to fuck you up. Get out get of the car. Get your ass in <laughs> yeah, the back. Get seat. out of the car. And I do agree because I'm like, I laughed when I watched it. Yeah. No, it's funny. But at the same time, it's like, it kind of undermines the terror of the situation. Yeah. True. And if Zora had never killed, she just killed two people. And oh she's yeah! She's like, oh, I killed two. Like, it's not a video game. Yeah, yeah and Adelaide's no, like, <laughs> no, you only killed one because I just had to kill. Yeah, the exactly. One. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you know. So I don't know. It's funny, but maybe not. It it did. It took it. It took me out of the moment a little bit, and yeah. I was like, ah, what's That's happening? Fair. That's fair. But just then, they spot Umbre in the street, and Adelaide gives up the fight and gets in the back seat. Gabe tells Zora to back up and she tells them to buckle up. She puts the car in drive and mows Umbre down, only for Umbre to jump on top of the car. Too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Gabe opens the sunroof cover and nobody's there, but then Umbre comes down, stabbing her scissors through the glass. Zora slams on the brakes and Umbre slides onto the windshield and she stabs at the windshield in front of Zora. Zora floors it, though, and slams on the brakes again, causing Umbre to fly into the woods. Adelaide goes into the woods to find Umbre and finds her hanging from a tree, still reaching out and trying to get her. Adelaide shushes her as Umbre loses strength and falls silent. She stops breathing and then Adelaide goes back to the car and begins driving in silence. It was just kind of an odd little moment they had with each other. Like just the silent. Yeah, like I don't know what to make of it exactly. Well, because I feel like the the obvious thing to do would be be for her to go over there and like bash her brains in right but she's like she's like comforting her as she's dying i guess maybe she's starting to see the humanity of it or maybe she looks just like her daughter so she's like i can't yeah Yeah, that would be hard i Uh, mean gabe only killed himself he didn't have to do you know kill one of his kids yeah oh yeah i didn't even think about his frenemy which like he probably wanted to kill half the time yeah i mean They that was not a good friendship. No. <laughs> the, the only thing that sucks to me is that like they said she was a monster, but we didn't ever really see anything. Like she didn't do anything really bad. Well, we saw how much she was enjoying. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I would like to see her rip somebody's head off or something, <laughs> just to think... give just to give to the monster credibility. I don't. <laughs> Just because not just monster cause, credibility. Just because yeah. you're fast and you can jump over a car while it's moving <laughs> doesn't mean you're a monster. You're an athlete. Well, <laughs> what is that? Well, I mean, Dahmer was a monster, but he never ripped it. <laughs> but, clean off. But he did do other things. He did. Wow. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> These are facts. Oh, he did that shit. Oh yeah. yeah. In the morning, <laughs> they drive through a neighborhood in an uneasy silence. Jason is still playing with that trick and it finally sparks. He looks at the trick on his finger, looks alarmed, and then cranes his neck to look out of the windshield. Adelaide turns a corner and they see that their car is in the middle of the street on fire. Mm-hmm. Jason comes to the realization that it's because of Pluto. So is the implication here that his trick only works when he's by Pluto? I don't know. There's there's more to that in a second for me. Okay. 
Because as soon as it worked, he was like, <gasps> yeah, he's near. <laughs> like, like it's like, My what? scar's burning. <laughs> but they suddenly hear thumping and Adelaide reverses to reveal Pluto standing in the middle of the street and snapping. I guess pantomiming. He's got five Jason on it. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's on yeah. beat. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's their difference. Yeah. Adelaide gets out of the car and approaches him with the fire poker. Pluto stands his ground, just continuing to snap. Mm -hmm. She extends her hand to him and Pluto raises his mask, looking behind her to Jason in the car and smiling before lowering it back. He's like, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Jason realizes that this is all a trick and tells Zora and Gabe to get out of the car. As they do, Pluto continues to snap in slow motion and we see a trail of gasoline leading from him to their car. Right. He reveals a match in his hand. Suddenly, behind the car, Jason raises his arms and begins to back up, making Pluto do the same. As Adelaide begs for Pluto to stop, he eventually backs right up into the flames of their car. In the moment, we see that Red has been hiding behind another car and silently snatches up Jason. We're back to heavy rain, and Adelaide (laughs) runs off. So two things here. One, the connection that Jason and Pluto have is unlike any connection of the other tethered. Nobody ever is able to make their tethered mimic their actions. You get this cool moment of him going into the fire, but it doesn't necessarily make 100% sense. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm glad you said that (laughs) because I was thinking it the whole time. I it worked, but I don't know why. I mean, you saw them do the hands earlier. And Jason knew it would work, too. Yeah. I don't know. And also, why didn't Jason scream when he was taken? He's just like, I guess I'm with Red now. <laughs> yeah. And where did the dad and <laughs> you sister look like go? like my mom. Yeah, that too. They just disappeared. They just got out of the car. Yeah. And also, Adelaide was begging for Pluto to not get killed. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe she didn't want to see her son burned to death. Fair. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we see is the Santa Cruz Beach. It's deserted except for a long line of people in their red jumpsuits with their hands joined. The line continues for as long as we can see, not even deterred by the water. They just keep going. Yeah. We see the man with the long hair who was previously standing alone on the beach, and he smiles with the 1111 carved into his forehead. So that's his sign, I guess. Yeah. Adelaide enters the Hall of Mirrors, smashing the owl that jumped out at her when she was a kid. She's always wanted to do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She remembers her childhood self as she pushes a wall to the side. A white bunny hops out and she steps inside. She walks downstairs and makes her way to another stairwell, ready with the fire poker at every corner that she turns. She continues down more stairs and hallways until she reaches a door. She opens it to reveal an escalator. At this point, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she gets on. The hallways down here are clean, tiled, and white, and there are bunnies hopping around freely. So I just want to say very quickly about the escalator. The obvious thing of down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, Alice in Wonderland. But the other thing is I think that it's a commentary on socioeconomic status and upward mobility because the mm. escalator only goes down. Oh. And so huh. if you're down there trying to get up, it's good twice luck. as hard. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a literal visualization of it. You know, when you're poor, you have to work twice that's, as hard. That's real shit. It's subtle, but I think it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Back on the street, Zora and Gabe find an ambulance and Gabe suggests that they hide inside because Adelaide will know what to do. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. 
Before getting into the ambulance, Zora spots a line of people holding hands and points it out to Gabe. <laughs> Doesn't he say it's bullshit performance art? Yeah, and she looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> Where about? Where have you been this whole time? <laughs> Back underground, Adelaide finds Red in a classroom, standing in front of a chalkboard with drawings of stick figures all holding hands. Adelaide asks where her son is, and Red launches off into a speech about how nice it must have been to grow up in the sun and fresh air, but Adelaide's people took it all for granted. Red tells her that they are people too, but it was humans that built this place. She says they were able to make a copy of the body, but not the soul. So they are two bodies sharing the same soul. The tethered were created to control the people above like puppets, but the tethered were abandoned when this mission was failed. So they continued directionless and went mad. Red says, and then there was us. Mm -hmm. She also says they all went mad down here. Mm. another Alice in Wonderland kind of reference all right all right (laughs) I'm with (laughs) you we see a flashback to that night at the boardwalk Adelaide's father wins her the thriller shirt at the game but the father below holds a faded shirt unrecognizable as the thriller logo up to his daughter pantomiming the actions of the Russell above Mm -hmm. Red tells her that they were born special we see more parallels of Red and Adelaide both walking behind their parents we see people pantomiming being on the roller coaster. The couple below, instead of feeding each other, just shoves food into each other's faces. It's like, oh, they're not. Nobody's having fun down here. No, it's raw rabbit as well. <laughs> food. Yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> food for them. Yeah. It's their favorite. It's their mm-hmm. only. Yeah. <laughs> I took that back immediately. Red tells Adelaide that God brought them together that night. In the flashback, the man with the 1111 sign holds no sign but has the 1111 scratched into his forehead. The couple playing rock, paper, scissors play it mindlessly. Like they're mm-hmm. not having fun. As the girl above descends the stairs to the beach, the girl below makes her way up to that escalator. Right. We see the two girls facing each other in the house of mirrors and the girl from below smiles at the other one. Red explains that she has never stopped thinking about Adelaide as we see the girl looking at the t-shirt for Hands Across America. She says that a miracle happened years after they met. We see a silhouette of a young Adelaide performing ballet on stage. Red dances identically below. Red says that she met God that night and he started her on her path. After that performance, the tethered saw that she was different and that she would be the one to deliver them from their misery. And that's when they began to prepare. We see the people below zipping up their matching red jumpsuits where I'm like, where did they? I don't know. Where'd they get those? (laughs) Unless they also made them on the surface world. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. Because you have to right. Yeah, because all their clothes match. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't, I don't she know. She broke them free of that, but then also where did this come from? They had to, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I got to say, you know, seeing them above and below mimicking the same things, it's striking. It is. Visually, but I'm trying to Logically, figure out. Yeah. yeah. They put on their fingerless gloves and grab their gold scissors and their matching sandals. And I wanted to, we talked about the fingerless glove kind of being a nod to Michael Jackson as well as other people. Right. Jordan Peele included Michael Jackson imagery with with the thriller t-shirt and whatever, because he considers Michael Jackson to be a symbol of duality. Yeah. I think that's very public face and then his private face. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. I mean, he's moving on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We see Red staring at the Hands Across America shirt up on the wall. She says she didn't just want to kill Adelaide. She wanted to make a statement that the world would be able to see. 
we see that this whole time Red has been making a cutout of people holding hands. She holds it up proudly and proclaims, it's our time now. It's our time up here, which is the Goonies. (laughs) There's no. (laughs) She suddenly cuts the people off until there are only two little paper stick figures. Mm -hmm. She tells her that if it weren't for Adelaide, she never would have danced at all. Then she pulls the two people apart. Great line. Oh, yeah. It, It just makes you think and you're like, she's right. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy this. I did enjoy that part. Red quickly begins backing away from the chalkboard and toward Adelaide as she raises the fire poker. A creepy orchestral rendering of I Got Five on it begins to play. And it's perfect. It's incredible. I read, though, that it was never in the movie at all. It was only in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And then when people responded so enthusiastically to it being in the trailer, they added it into the scene. Well, I'm and glad they did. I can't imagine it without it. No, it's probably the most iconic bit of music in the film. And it's Definitely. reincorporation. Definitely. And I feel like ever since the Us trailer came out, there have been so many trailers for movies and TV shows with happy songs slowed down and yeah. made creepy. Yeah. It's like, stop, man. It was good once. You don't have yeah, to leave it alone. <laughs> copy it. But spliced in with images of both Adelaide and Red during their dancing performance, the doubles begin to fight. Red, after almost cutting Adelaide's throat with her scissors, tosses her aside and leaves the room. Adelaide runs after her to find her sitting in the middle of the next hallway with her back to her. She still dodges Adelaide easily as she screams and swings at her. She even gets some licks in with the scissors or just by throwing her to the wall or the ground. She knows her number. She's like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the, like you said, the juxtaposed shots of them dancing yeah with them fighting because i mean technically they're kind of dancing together they again. are the way she's avoiding these shots it's almost like this well choreographed yes dance it's like she was ready for this oh yeah it's her time it's, <laughs> it's her time up here yeah but she stabs adelaide in the gut and leaves into another room adelaide follows her into the room and it's like a bunker full of bunk beds mm-hmm. red comes up behind her and raises her scissors over her head Just before she strikes, Adelaide turns around and stabs her through the stomach with the fire poker, like impales her. She missed the last rehearsal. She did. (laughs) Red sits choking on her own blood. With great effort, she begins to whistle Itsy Bitsy Spider. Adelaide wraps the chain from her cuffs around Red's neck and strangles her until she's dead and we hear her neck snap. It's pretty brutal. It is. Adelaide lets out this animalistic cry and begins grunting and panting. She looks terrifying. Uh, Oh, yeah. She unwraps the chain and laughs at Red, who is slumped and dead. Mm -hmm. She finds the key to the cuffs on a necklace around Red's neck and frees herself. But she stands up after hearing something over by lockers in the corner of the room. And she opens one of them to find Jason inside sitting and cowering. But she hugs him and tells him that she found him and he just looks at her like suspicious. Well, he wi- she wipes the blood all over his face too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just touching it. <laughs> I did want to point out the symbolism of her killing her tethered and then unchaining herself. Ooh, that's, yep. I thought that was very well done. That's good. But like she even moves her hair out of her face to prove that she's his mom and he still looks afraid of her. Mm-hmm. But she assures him that everything's going to be okay now, just like it was before. They meet Zora and Gabe back at the ambulance and they drive off. Zora and Gabe sit in the back looking exhausted and traumatized. Jason sits next to Adelaide holding 
one of the bunnies from the, <laughs> yeah. from the underground. <laughs> Aaron did. Yeah, he did. As Adelaide drives, she remembers her father belittling the fact that she could have PTSD in the therapist's office. Her mother's voice asserts that anything could have happened to her. And the doctor's voice advises her to do anything artistic to get her to express herself. We see young Adelaide practicing ballet. Adelaide stares blankly at the road as she remembers her mother crying and saying, I just want my little girl back. We see Adelaide entering the house of mirrors as a child that night as it began to rain. We see her eyes widening in horror as her double clamps her hands around her throat. Mm -hmm. Young Adelaide passes out after she's strangled and we see her being dragged into the darkness. She's dragged throughout the halls of that place underground. She wakes up cuffed to a bed with the Hands Across America t-shirt on and we see her double take off her shirt and put on Adelaide's thriller shirt and she smiles at her. Again, quote, smile. Uh, Smiles at her. (laughs) Yeah. Not breaking any contact as she walks out of the room. Mm-mm. That night in the car, she sits in the back seat silently as her parents argue. We snap back to right now and Adelaide looks over at Jason. Jason eyes her suspiciously and Adelaide slowly smiles. So, fuck. Yeah, she did the old switcheroo. She did the old switcheroo. So she is red. Technically, yeah. Red was Adelaide. Mm-hmm. The OG Adelaide. Yes. Also, not only is it fucking like, What? But you see the real Adelaide is handcuffed to the bed. So can you imagine how it must have felt for Red to bring those handcuffs up and do it to and her? Do it to her. That's deep. It is. But it brings me to my criticism that I said that I had earlier when it's just the two of them mm-hmm. and quote unquote Adelaide is like, what do you want? You know what the fuck she wants. But she's got to pretend for her family. Her family wasn't there. It was oh, just shit, them in the right. room. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and then again, when they go to the underground bunker and Red's like, the government made this place. Bitch, I know. I was yeah, born I was here. In- <laughs> <laughs> it's my bed right there. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, I was thinking about maybe she didn't want Jason to hear, but then Red really does monologue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, you look at a movie like The Sixth Sense and it's a completely different movie the second time you watch it. Right. And this is as well to a point, but I would have loved to see a conversation and you're like, oh, my God, that's not what I thought that meant at all. Mm -hmm. But you don't you don't get that. There are some small moments that you can go back and be like, oh, shit. Yeah. But not like that. Yeah. But anyway, Adelaide smiles and looks back at the road as LaFleur by Minnie Ripperton plays. Perfect. Fucking love that song. Yeah. Jason lowers his mask over his face, but never takes his eyes off of Adelaide. We see the ambulance drive down the road as we pan over it. We go over fields and forests to see the lines of people in red holding hands stretched out. So like, yeah, they got out of this, but this isn't Mm -hmm. over. No. Helicopters fly in the sky as smoke rises from unseen fires. It cuts to black and the credits roll. So what did you guys think of us? I love this movie. Yeah. A lot. The ending is, it's such a game changer. Yes. You know, and it really kind of drives this point home that kind of trying to make the entire movie that luck and circumstance are incredible factors in determining who will become how we'll live and our quality of life and this whole movie is basically about the haves and the have-nots yeah you know and jordan peele made a great point on the featurette where he said you know if you have an us you have to have a them yeah by definition. Yes. And so when you do that, you create a them simply by saying us. And 
this film, I mean, you know, we can kind of pick it apart a little bit and say that some things didn't make as much sense as we thought they did the first time, maybe. Yeah. But I think that that message is always true, no matter how many times you watch this film. And the other thing is that it can be interpreted differently in various different ways. Definitely. But the way I see this film is it's saying that if one group of people lives in such a way that it forces other people to live horribly, if there's no care towards their plight, eventually all they're going to have left is revolution. Yeah. And when you have it ending with all of them holding hands united in victory. Yeah. And the music swells. It gave me goosebumps. It really did. No, it's powerful. And so, I mean, I don't know. Any movie that can make you think like that and make you feel something like that, it's it's got to be great. Definitely. I'm going to be the stick in the mud here. <laughs> of course. I, you know, I said it at the beginning. I didn't get any of that from this movie, man. I'm not even going to lie really? to you. And I even told your sister... <laughs> I don't want to have to know a thousand things to understand this movie. Don't make me sit there and be like, huh, so am I the poor one or am I the... (laughs) Just scare me. Show me a good time. I don't need to be current on the news or with people's living situations or worry about how much money I have or my neighbor has to sit there and watch this movie and then be like, that's what that means. Just scare me. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to say this is a bad movie because it's not. It's mm-hmm. not terrible. There's, there's nothing terrible about it. But there is a lot of holes. You know, you're telling me that facility was under that thing the whole time. Well, I Ooh, mean, it's great. all those it's all those tunnels connected throughout yeah, the entire but those aren't, But those aren't tunnels, though. Those are rooms. Somebody built that. Who built that? Well, the government. Who, the government. What government? Our, our government. Our what, government? That's what yeah. Red the Chinese says. government? Our, no, our government. government. Okay, so then so, what experiment? From when? What time was this done? Who did it? What scientists did it? Why 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 is that not being explained? Why are we not getting a glimpse of who made these people? And if they shared a soul, so who has the soul? The original person, right? They both do. So they, they split it. Right. Okay. And then you said that only the the boys had that strong the, the strong yeah. thing yet in the scenes we've seen when she was down there everybody was doing the same thing the other one was doing well, and if you made them to control everybody then you should be able to control your other well but the thing is is that the experiment was a failure and so it worked in that sense in that they were mimicking each other's actions and it right. was red that broke them out of it so i agree with you on that point but what I or I disagree with you on that point, but I agree with you on the point that why is Jason and Pluto's connection still there? Right. But then again, if they're dancing and she knew all her moves, then they knew what was happening when they were fighting. And when dude pushed his glasses up, the other one did it and was confused. So yeah. there is still a connection. But it's not as strong. It's not as strong. Okay. I but can't he, I can't help I can't you. explain yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I just like I said, it 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 felt more like a try at something different and it didn't work for me you know what i mean there Mm -hmm. was funny parts of the movie i did enjoy it but it's really hard for me to sit here and and be like this is a horror movie it's just really weird for me like i said get out at first and your sister can tell you i wasn't a big fan Mm -hmm. but the more i watched it i was like you know what i missed a lot of stuff and this is really good and i think too like you you did say it earlier they make a lot of horror movie mistakes. 
And it's just like when you watched Get Out and you've seen how this dude was doing everything that you want, that you're yelling at the TV for them to do, or the screen as to where they're doing mistakes that every horror movie makes. It's like, what happened? You know what I mean? It's like, what happened here? Get Out, I was rooting for the guy and I was like, Mm -hmm. hell yeah, he made it out and you know, whatever. But then here it's like, oh, so. Do you want me to be happy that the the bad guy is the good guy now, or that she's alive and that the 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 real lady got killed? It's like, what do you want me to do here? But I it's think like, I, I, I think that's the point: is it's trying to make you uncomfortable because it's saying, "Who are you rooting for? Who are you?" I was just confused though. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "I'm the little boy. Like, what is happening?" You just play yeah, your yeah, wolf, man, Doctor Wolf. Yeah, I was just like. <laughs> Well, like I said, it's not a terrible movie. Right. I I won't even go as far to say that because it's not. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't really hit for me. You know what I mean? It didn't do. I I do like the shots, the way they did it. Like you said, the yeah. camera angles, the way they did things. But I guess I, I don't know, man. Even even the I got five on it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I will disagree. I do not feel like this fits the movie. I hard I, hard disagree. Yeah. No, which is fine. You know what I mean. But in '95, I was lighting up listening to this, so I don't get any <laughs> monster vibes out of this or monster or scary. I do like how they changed it to kind of a waltz when they were right. doing that. But the rest of it, I was just like, I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to jam with the kids in the car and be like, yeah, roll one up, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not, ha- I don't, I, it's not happening, which is really weird because we listen to music that cusses a lot mm-hmm. and we cuss a lot. So it's But like, then it's like, how, I, how am I not going to let them listen to a song about weed, but I'm cussing like a sailor. Like, this is inappropriate. Right <laughs> I love this movie. Um, like I said, the more I watch it, the more you kind of see the strings. Right. But the feeling that it gave me and the shock that it gave me the first time that I watched it, you can't buy that. Like, you can't fake that. Oh, my God. Like, you right. can't. That and feeling. It it totally blew me away the first time I saw it. And Jordan Peele is just, he's so masterful and so intentional in everything that he does. Like, and this is no exception. It's just fantastic to me. And like, what a fucking sad story it is once you get the whole story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What happened to her and then the uprising she started only to fucking be killed. Like, It's asking you who's the hero. It is. Yeah. I also read a lot of theories that Jason is uh, tethered. Hard disagree. And uh, people like he wasn't snapping on beat either. Adelaide wouldn't eat and she had to beg him to eat. Like when people say in theory, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But when you watch the movie, I just don't, I just don't see it at all. I think that would just create more holes. It makes less sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's reaching a little bit. (laughs) Because she'd be like, and you stole my son. (laughs) (laughs) She just let that go. Doesn't bring it up. Right. But we need to get into ratings because I feel like this episode is like, yeah, very long. So I'm not going to go into it again, but this movie, while not perfect, because I thought it was perfect the first time I saw it, it's pretty close to me because it's almost like you're watching two, again, with the duality, it's almost like you're watching two movies at once and then the social commentary of it and Lapita Nyong'o. Man. Oh my God. Oh yeah. There's no disputing the work that they did. Like Mm -hmm. the actors and actresses. Fantastic. Absolutely. But on a scale from one to 10 pairs of golden scissors, (laughs) 
I'm going to give us nine out of 10 golden scissors. And I will now open up the floor. All right. That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, you know, I stated my, you know, my reasonings, you know, for not enjoying the movie too much. And again, it's not a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. It's really not. I can't sit here and try to trash it and say that it's bad because it's not a bad movie. It's just not my taste. You know what I mean? It right. Just, but I'm a simple man. I just want to see <laughs> some heads get cut off. Some, you know, some backs get broke. Whatever. <laughs> um, this movie, out of 10 pairs of golden scissors, I'll give us a seven. Okay. I did. I did. Like I said, I. it's not that I hate the movie. I just feel like there was just a lot of things that didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But the acting was great. The, you know, the shots that they had, a lot of the stuff, you know, there was cool things going on, Mm -hmm. but did it, did it feed my like hunger for horror? Not really, but it was, I mean, it was a decent movie, Mm -hmm. you know? I, of course, agree with Nay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. As we've already (laughs) said, I've sang the praises of this movie a bunch. I can't say enough about the music. The cinematography, the intention of nearly every object you see on screen, yeah. everything matters. And of course, the social commentary and what it's trying to say. I think the message is so important, especially these days, you yeah. know, rampant inequality to make a movie that really speaks to that is pretty powerful. But as to not ramble on, as I'm sure I've already done enough of, <laughs> <laughs> I will just say that I will give us nine pairs of golden scissors out of 10. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate us and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at blood and smoke at real streeter 84 and at Travis and WH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, everyone's journey to finding themselves is different. Some people actually do. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned until the end for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Hooray. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Really can't say it enough. A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huesden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Gary Fender, Jordan Nash, Kent and Allison Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, and Miguel Myers ATX. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously means so much to us. It really does. Oh, yeah. We do this show for you guys. (laughs) Absolutely. We we literally do. Yeah, I know. Seriously. (laughs) So I guess what we're trying to say is thank you for supporting us. Is that the best we got? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time.